got, I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Well, that was certainly interesting. The Sacramento Kings get their 19th win of the season. The Minnesota Timberwolves lose their 12th straight game again. Welcome into the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network. I'm your host, Damian Barling. I thank you as always for allowing me, allowing us to be a part of your Sacramento Kings basketball coverage. The Kings get the win tonight at the Golden One Center, 113 to 109. Again, this was interesting. A fantastic night from De'Aaron Fox. That's not debatable. There's actually a couple of Kings that really stand out. De'Aaron Fox, his play was extraordinary tonight. I thought Kent Bazemore, if you didn't see the game and you're just going to go look at the stat uh, and catch this podcast, or excuse me, you're just going to go look at the box score, you're going to go look at the stats uh, and catch this here podcast, you won't see anything in that box score, but I'll tell you right now, uh, Kent Bazemore, one, was fantastic, and two, he was a big reason the Sacramento Kings wound up winning this game, as was Dwayne Dedman. Dwayne Dedman returned to the team after being ill for a couple of days, and uh, he contributed on both sides of the floor as well. I say this game was interesting. Again, if you didn't see it, 113-109 looks like it was a hell of a barn burner. Well, it really wasn't. As the Sacramento Kings at one point, I mean, even midway through the the midway through the third quarter, they had like a 20-point lead. Like they were coasting. Minnesota looked awful. Absolutely awful. Minnesota looked awful because Minnesota is awful. Minnesota is a bad NBA franchise. They are a horrible NBA franchise. And I'm not surprised that Minnesota's not in the playoff conversation. Like, I, I didn't think, like, they they were on the rebirth of something brand new. Like, I didn't think that. Um, but I am surprised that they're this bad. And I understand the emotional connection you have with Ryan Saunders. But, man, I don't know if that was the right coach for you. I felt like this team had a pretty decent roster. Maybe not great, but a pretty good wa- roster with a lot of workable pieces. Uh, I think they dropped the ball by 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 hiring Ryan Saunders, which I, th- I think was a vote that they made with their heart uh, rather than with their head. And you see it out there on the basketball floor, man. This is their second 12-game losing streak of the season. They look absolutely lost out there. They're 15 and 34 I now I, th- I think on the season now just just absolutely awful but this this podcast isn't about how bad the Minnesota Timberwolves are that's just a footnote to the game they were bad uh unfortunately there was only one stretch really where you saw teams make runs Kings started out in the first quarter and they looked pretty they they just looked dominant uh they looked dominant really in the opening minutes I think it was like uh, De'Aaron scored eight of the first 10 points for the Kings and the Kings went up 10 to two in, in the, in the early minutes. And then Kings got up by 15 and it was like, all right, they might be able to put their foot on their throat really early only because it had to be demoralizing or you would think that it had to be demoralizing for the Minnesota Timberwolves, again, who at this point had lost 11 straight games. Now you're walking into the Golden One Center. You're on the road. You're down 15 in the first quarter. Uh, but the Timberwolves, they eventually cut the lead down to six. There were no no major runs. They just kind of chipped away at it. Uh, Kings wound up taking a 29-20 to lead into the second quarter. And steady play all through quarter number one. Timberwolves shot uh, 
32% from the field and 2 of 11 from 3. Uh, I did the math for you. Actually, I didn't do it. I looked it up. That's good for 18%. Second quarter, again, steady. But the Kings, they kept slowly building the league back up. Again, no dramatic runs. Just the Kings were good, and Minnesota was awful. Kings wound up taking a 15-point lead into the half. It was 65-50 to at halftime, and De'Aaron was leading the way in every way imaginable, man. He had all of the energy. He was dictating the pace of the game. Again, 65 first-half points. Uh, Math on the spot is difficult, but I think that's good for 130. That's a hell of a pace, and it was De'Aaron Fox who was dictating all of that. As he does so often, he had 17 points in the first half. Uh, 14 for Buddy Heald off the bench. 17 assists on 23 made baskets there in the first half. The Kings were hitting on all cylinders. Uh, Now we'll head to the second half here where things took a little bit of a shift. I want to remind you that we'll hear uh, from Luke Walton, as we always do. I'm anxious to hear if Luke Walton's got any tape to watch. Kings don't play again until Friday, by the way. We've got the trade deadline coming up on Thursday. I guess this is a good time to make a programming note. Uh, We'll be back with you, of course, Friday post-game, following the Miami Heat, who just beat the crap out of the Philadelphia 76ers tonight, man. The Miami Heat are a damn good basketball team. They're a great basketball team at home, and they're coming here to Sacramento to take on the Sacramento Kings on Friday. Again, that's the Kings' next game. So between now and the next post-game we show we have is, is the trade deadline. Uh, so if anything happens uh, regarding your Sacramento Kings over the course of the next three days, uh, we'll do a non-post-game podcast uh, it's it's interesting because one of the guys who has been talked about so much, a guy who actually requested a trade, was Dwayne Dedman. And Dwayne Dedman was fantastic today. Uh, Twelve rebounds. You're not going to see a lot in in terms of points and field goal percentages and all of that stuff. But he was a difference maker. He was everywhere on the floor. A lot like Kent Bazemore. When Minnesota made that run in 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 the fourth quarter, it was. Kent Bazemore and Dwayne Dedman who were able to shut down because Minnesota made the run, but they never got over the hump. The game never was tied, and, 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 and Minnesota certainly never took the lead. They got within, I think the most they got within, if I noted this right, they got within three. They got within three a couple of times, even there in the final you know seconds with, with, with like four seconds left or whatever it was. I think those were the only two times that the game was that close. Three-point leads there in the in the, the very final, final seconds, and I think with about a, a minute and a half left. But Dwayne Dedman and Kent Bazemore made their presence felt. Uh, let's get to the second half here. Again, I just wanted to mention we'll hear from Luke Walton. Uh, we'll keep an eye on what happens uh, during the trade deadline over the course of the next couple of days. Uh, if it's all quiet, nothing major, we'll be back with you following the Miami Heat game. But we're going to see uh, just kind of what happens here over the course of the next couple of days. Uh, nothing really interesting there in the in the in the third quarter until it, it was about the final final two or three minutes. Final two or three minutes of the the Kings had built a twenty point lead here at this point, and then the lead gets cut to eight, and it's kind of like uh, eight point lead still feels pretty comfortable heading into the fourth quarter, except an eight point lead really isn't comfortable when you were just up by twenty, and then it got worse. Kind of settled down there for the Kings to, to, to start the fourth quarter. 
And then about a minute, I mean, it, it was a, I think it was like a 20 to four run, cut the lead all the way down to five between the end of the third and, and now seven forty six left in the fourth. It was a 20 to four run at the seven forty six mark. The Kings were within five, two minutes later, it's a one possession game for the first time, you know, probably since the opening minute. And as we just noted, Minnesota couldn't get over the hump. Uh, there were five straight points from Sacramento with 4.30 left, and I thought that was the figurative end of the game. It very much was not because Sacramento likes to make things interesting. I thought after that five straight points, hey, this team is in good shape. They're up eight, uh, but very much not. Again, Kent Bazemore, Dwayne Dedman, big in the Sacramento Kings uh, being able to close this out. It, it wasn't pretty. This, this, this was an ugly game on all fronts. The only thing that wasn't ugly was the play of De'Aaron Fox. He was absolutely spectacular in his 34 minutes, 3 of 4 from behind the line, 10 of 16 shooting, 31 points to go along with 5 assists, uh, 3 rebounds, and 2 steals. I had uh, mentioned Buddy Heald just a few moments ago as well. 16 points off the bench. For Buddy Heald in his 20 minutes, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, 5 of 7, 23 points. I repeat, Bogdan Bogdanovich, 5 of 7 from the field. Of course, he was 4 of 5 from the three-point line. 9 of 11 uh, from the free throw line. I think he missed the last free throw of the game, too, as well. Just in, in it was like .1 seconds left on the clock. I think he missed the very last free throw. Uh, but 23 points for Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, in the starting lineup tonight, along with De'Aaron, of course, Dwayne Dedman, Harrison Barnes, and Nemanja Bialica. I had heard the television announcers mentioned, as we were talking about the Miami Heat game there just a moment ago, that they believe Rashawn Holmes will be back for Friday's game. Uh, so big deal for Sacramento Kings fans. I'm sure the Golden One Center is very anxious to see uh, Rashawn Holmes return to the lineup. I'm sure his teammates, uh, as well as the coaching staff, of the Sacramento Kings are very, very anxious for him to return to the starting lineup as well. Not sure what effect Rashawn Holmes will have over there at mybookie.ag, but that's where you should be making your predictions because that's where your predictions can become a reality. That's where your reality can become money. MyBookie is one of the most trusted sports books in the industry. If you're looking for a sports book to make some big bets, we need to find out, does the sports book, does MyBookie.ag got XFL games? Because we've got the XFL starting this weekend. As a matter of fact, I believe it's a scientific fact that you can't refer to the XFL as the XFL. You have to refer to it as the XFL. Uh, that's beginning this weekend. So if you're really interested in betting on football and you have no idea what any of these players or teams are going to do, the XFL is the place for you. Uh, if you're a basketball person, if you're into the Premier League, no matter what you're into, uh, mybookie.ag has got you covered. they got more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now and use the promo code TODAY, mybookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, mybookie.ag will get you an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. That means if you deposit $100, mybookie.ag will give you an extra $50 in money to play with. All you got to do is use the promo code today to activate the offer. Again, use the promo code today over at mybookie.ag. Bet, win, get paid. I wonder 
I wonder what this trade deadline is going to look like. Uh, not only for the Sacramento Kings, but for players around the league. I mean, you, you, I said and have been adamant that I think Dwayne Dedman will make a, a very, very nice addition for a contending team. Uh, we know that Andre Drummond is out there. Obviously, Kyle Kuzma rumors have been all over the place. Sacramento involved in some of those. Uh, Kevin Love, I think, is being dangled out there by the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, we just saw Andrew Wiggins tonight. There's a belief that he's on the trading block. D'Angelo Russell, uh, Derek Rose, uh, Andre Iguodala. He has a specific uh, uh, list of teams that he wants to go to. I have to imagine they're headed up by the two teams in Los Angeles. We saw Robert Covington tonight as well. Uh, many believe he's going to be moved before the trade deadline. Of course, we've got Dwayne Dedman and uh, we've already seen Trevor Ariza traded. I don't know what other pieces the Sacramento Kings have that they're actually looking to move. I believe that some Sacramento Kings fans are ready to move on from Marvin Bagley, given the injury status that he's had this year. Uh, I think that's a foolish line of thinking. You can't give up on him yet because if you give up on him, uh, one, you still don't have Luka, and two, you're risking him uh, getting healthy and becoming a major star for another team. I believe that Marvin Bagley has the talent to be a stud in the NBA. 100%. Uh, I just, I don't know why he can't stay healthy. Uh, I don't want to believe he's that, you know, injury bug bitten big man. I just want to believe this has been a difficult year for him. Uh, but you could quickly change my mind if he somehow returns from this mysterious, what was it again? An ankle sprain or foot sprain? Whatever this mysterious injury that he mysteriously suffered under mysterious circumstances. If he gets hurt again, then you could you could easily easily convince me uh, that I'm wrong. We'll take you to Luke Walton uh, as soon as he gets to the podium. I don't know why I say it like that, as if this isn't a recorded podcast. Like if you really wanted to hear what Luke Walton said, you could just skip forward. I treat this sometimes like it's a live radio show. I guess that's just force of habit. I don't know why I do that. Point in mentioning all of those uh, trade deadline names is. I thought Dwayne Dedman would have a nice little fit. I didn't even mention Clint Capella there in that mix. I thought Dwayne Dedman would have a nice little fit there with a team like Boston. Now you're hearing Boston perhaps is in the, you know, they're 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 in conversations allegedly, or or at least they're they're having internal conversations about acquiring Clint Capella. Um, and so with you know acquisitions like that, I I, I would rank Clint Capella a, a little bit higher. Then I would rank Dwayne Dedman, though I, I still believe that Dwayne Dedman has a nice home on a potential contending team. I also wonder if Oklahoma City is going to do anything. You know, Oklahoma City is sitting in that seventh spot. They're 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 pretty comfortable with the with the way that the Western Conference is shaken out. They're in a pretty comfortable spot as it pertains to the playoffs. I believe uh, I have the standings up here in front of me. I believe they're five games above. Uh. Yeah, they're five games ahead of Memphis. Memphis right now is 25 and 25. They're sitting in the eighth spot. Oklahoma City right now, 30 and 20 on the season. I don't think many people, if anybody, uh, saw Oklahoma City 10 games above 550 games into the season. And how about the Memphis Grizzlies? Didn't give them enough credit either. I didn't expect to see them at 25 and 25 here. 50 games into the season, but you got to keep your eye on Portland. Portland, again, they've won four straight. Dame Lillard is on a tear right now. They're just a couple of games behind Memphis. Uh, San Antonio is there, as far as I know. 
Uh, San Antonio's streak of making the playoffs is still very much intact and hasn't gone away yet. They've won their last two games. Then you got New Orleans with the return of Zion Williamson. You got Phoenix, who has been all over the place this year. Uh, you've got Sacramento, who has been consistently bad this season. You've got Minnesota, who has been consistently bad this season. And the only real team that is kind of out of all conversations is the Golden State Warriors, who are sitting at 12 and 39 right now. Uh, on the season, and I believe, yeah, they beat the Washington Wizards tonight, uh, 125-117. There is a game wrapping up right now, the Clippers and the Spurs. As I record this, it is 106-102 with about nine seconds left, so it looks like the Clippers are going to get that win, and the two L.A. teams are going to sit comfortably atop the Western Conference with the Lakers at 37 and 11. Uh, the Clippers, they finish off the Spurs tonight. They'll be 35-15 and 15 with Denver, Utah, Houston, and Dallas trailing those teams. And that's what the uh, top of the Western Conference playoff picture looks like right now. As far as tonight's game, again, the Kings get the win, 113-109. to A couple of other players that I really didn't mention much, Nemanja Bielitsa, a solid performance from him. Uh, well, at least on the offensive end, a solid performance from him. Harrison Barnes. I thought Harrison Barnes had had a nice, uh, a, a nice little game, not and not a particularly impressive shooting performance. I thought he had had one of those games where it's kind of like, okay, you're not paying a ton of attention to what's going on to him on the floor, but he's having an impact, particularly on the defensive end. And then he had that three second call there uh, in the final minutes, which which led to a, I mean, a pretty damn good look from Andrew Wiggins uh, that could have tied the game. Uh, you don't see Harrison Barnes make those types of mental mistakes very often, uh, but it's one that the Sacramento Kings, ultimately it didn't cost them uh, anything. We saw 13 minutes uh, from Harry Giles. He continues to you know try to do the most with his minutes out there. Corey Joseph, 15 minutes tonight. Uh, I mentioned Kent, Kent Bazemore and well, what I felt was a, a really, really good performance from him. Again, nothing in the stat sheet We'll say otherwise. Let's see if Luke Walton does. We talked about <clears throat> after the sorry. We talked about after the Laker game. Um, you know, it, it's it's important that we get to a point where we lose a home game. We come out the next night and the next time, and we really we are locked in, laser focus, and. Um, and do whatever it takes to win. And that's been kind of something we struggled with this year. And I'm proud of the guys because they, you know, it's for most of the game tonight, that's the, the, the effort that we gave and that's uh, the focus level that we had. Um, I thought De'Aaron was, was great. <laughs> um, you know, five turnovers is still too much. We got to cut that down. Uh, you know, he's the head of the snake. We have 17 as a team. That's too much. And, and he's got five. I know we have the ball in his hands a lot, but... Um, he was he was really good good tonight. I loved how aggressive he was getting to the free throw line. I thought Bogey and him both did a good job of that. I thought Harrison was really solid down the stretch. Um, seven assists and only one turnover, and then you know had five points with that three and that put back late in the game. Um, and then uh, Deadman really it was nice having him back. He was solid uh, rebounding defense. That vertical at the end uh, made some some nice winning plays. Five blocks, a uh, nice performance out of out of him. But overall, happy with the group. Uh, found a way to to get mo momentum back from them after they had stolen it from us and uh, finish that game off. 
We've talked so much, oh, sorry, Katie Hunter, Kings TV. We've talked so much this year about getting to the free throw line and your guys' ability to do that. How important was it tonight at about the six-minute mark of the fourth to get them into the bonus and be able to have that on your side? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's, it's you know, you're trying to um, build winning cultures. You know, you, you, you see it. Um, across the league and then it's a skill that you have to de develop as a group it's you know we played the Lakers two nights ago the second we got into the bonus Anthony Davis does a rip through uh you know swinging his arms which is no longer a shooting foul but he sees there in the bonus goes right to it he got a young player on him and gets two free throws so it's it's um it's something that if you're going to win consistent consistently at this level you've got to um you know, you've got to understand that part of it and make a, a concerted effort to, to get there um, throughout games. Defensively, both Dwayne Dedman and Kent Bazemore, I thought, were amazing tonight. Uh, Dedman with the five blocks and then Bazemore, um, he drew multiple offensive fouls just fighting over screens and uh, you, you kept him on in crunch time. Can you talk about their contributions? It was huge. Um, you know, and, and this, you know, part of it goes back to the message all year. It doesn't matter who starts. It matters who finish, and who finish is going to be depending on who's playing the hardest and making the most winning plays. And, you know, tonight that was, even though Kent was only uh, one of five on the, from the floor, defensively he was all over the place, like you said, fighting over screens, getting offensive foul calls on those um, big steal down the stretch, which led to his only basket he made. Um, talking, rebounding, all those type of things that lead to winning, he was doing so. He was rewarded with finishing uh, the game, but that's where it, it's important for the group as a whole to understand uh, that we're, you know, it's a team and different nights going to be different people. Last time we played them, Buddy went for 42. We weren't, you know, we weren't taking him out of the game. Tonight, Ken's defense, defense was, was awesome. Uh, uh, Deadman's defense was awesome. They were, they were staying in the game. We were going to win that um, with getting stops, and, and those two were kind of leading the way on that end. Luke James Ham, NBC Sports. Um, when you look at the the last six games, you're four and two since the switch with Bogey and Buddy. What is it that you're seeing that made just sort of clicked for your team? Well, we're making. Uh, you know, uh, it feels like at least we're making more shots uh, right now, which is still a big thing, a big. Uh, influence influencer on how we um how we defend um so when we're making shots we play better defense we got better energy we're moving around i think the Aaron continues to kind of find his stride after missing a big chunk of the season um i think buddy's had some really huge games off the bench where we've in you know previous in the, previously in the season we've been we've gone through dry spells to score uh you know, with certain units, and, and Buddy's had some really nice moments where he's picked us up as a group. Uh, and, and, and Bogey's, you know, for the most part, he's out there just making solid plays, knocking down shots when he needs to, understands, um, you know, where where uh, where he's at in the offense and how to run an offense um, so we can, you know, use him and De'Aaron a little bit, uh, you know, off of each other. So I think there's a little bit of a lot of things. Um but we'll continue to stay with it, uh, you know, for now. Luke, Jason Jones, the athletic, kind of following up on that. I think in the last six games, probably about as efficient as Buddy has been in, in a while. Do you think the, the change has kind of allowed him to settle down some and maybe get a little more control as far as when he's playing more with Corey and in some different type of looks? Yeah, I mean, Buddy's... 
what I lo- one of the things I love about Buddy is his desire to just go nonstop, um, and it, it seems like it's um, it's easier as a as a group to kind of channel that uh, right now with that with that second group. Because with the first group, a lot of what we're trying to do is De'Aaron Fox. And it's, you know, we need more guys that are going to just hold space and, uh, you know, run run an offense mainly through De'Aaron. Uh, and then, you know, we want to get Harrison some touches. So there's a lot of different things we're trying to accomplish with that first group. And, you know, when Buddy comes in so far with the second group, you know, we start calling most plays for him. Uh instantly as he comes on the court and then if he's having one of those brilliant shooting nights he's capable of having then we just keep going with it so um you know he's he's gonna stay uh, aggressive to score uh no matter when he comes in the game and it you know it's up to us to get him the ball when he's having those type of nights i really wanted him to mention film he didn't mention film i don't think luke walton has mentioned film in a king's victory and I really, really wanted him to uh, here tonight, but he didn't, and the Kings win. It's tough to make. It's tough to know what to make of some of the Kings' most recent performances, uh, particularly. You know, you, you you look at their performance against Minnesota tonight. Minnesota has lost eleven in a row. Now, certainly, uh, the Kings have lost to Minnesota this year when Minnesota is on a very long losing streak. So you don't. You know, you, you don't have to put a ton of stock into things like that, but Minnesota's not a good basketball team. Um, you saw the way that, you know, the, the Los Angeles Lakers beat them up. You saw the win that they got against the Los Angeles Clippers. Sometimes it's difficult to make heads or tails of these Sacramento Kings, and it's hard to really figure out who they are, particularly, you know, over the last couple of days. I think you heard, uh, I think it was Ham, uh, James Ham mentioned, the Kings record, the the four and two record since making the switch uh, with Buddy and and um, uh, Bogdanovich in terms of six man and starter. It's it's difficult to make heads or tails of this. Like it's hard to judge the Kings' performance versus the performance of their opponent. I think there were some difficult circumstances there for the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, you know, being the first game in L.A. since the death of Kobe Bryant. And what felt like a completely silent Staples Center, uh, you you had the you know the emotion of the the Los Angeles Lakers coming to the Golden One Center, and uh, in, in, in taking on the Kings a day after the the you know the incredibly emotional tribute against the Minnesota uh, against the Portland Trailblazers, a game in which they ultimately lost. So there's you know it, and I think we all agree here at this point that both the Clippers and the Lakers are better than the Kings. But the Kings have lost a number of games this year against teams that I think that they're better than. And so I can't quite figure out who or what this team is. But they got the win. And quite frankly, that's all that really matters here tonight. We appreciate you, as always, for being here with us. We appreciate you for allowing me and uh, the rest of the Hoopball Podcast Network and the Hoopball Network in general being a part of your NBA coverage and your Sacramento Kings coverage. If you're not a subscriber yet, become one. If you haven't rated the show yet, please do. If you haven't reviewed the show, eh, that takes an extra 60 to 90 seconds. If you got time, great. If not, don't worry. The ratings are a big deal. The subscriptions are a big deal. And the fact that you listen uh, each and every single game, that's a big deal 
for us over here as well. Make sure you head over uh, to the sportsbook, mybook.ag. Check that out. Anything happens with the Sacramento Kings in the trade deadline, we will have it covered here for you on the Sacramento Kings podcast. If not, if all things stay quiet here uh, in the capital city, we'll be back with you when the Sacramento Kings take on the Miami Heat on Friday night. Thank you, uh, as always, for being with us. We'll see you later on. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.